The Diehard Eagles podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. The MyBookie Turkey Day free play is back this Thanksgiving. That's right. Up to a $250 free bet on the Texans versus the Lions exclusively at MyBookie.ag. Promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a new daily fantasy sports app built specifically for player props. Download the app in the app store and use promo code SGP for an instant deposit match up to $50. That's thrivefantasy.com, promo code SGP. Sign up and prop up today. We're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay per head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Welcome, everyone, to the Die Hard Eagles podcast. I'm Sean stacking the money green with my fellow Die Hard Eagles fans, Rob and Justin. And Die Hard is the perfect name for the podcast and perfect name for the emotions I'm experiencing. And I feel like a lot of Eagles fans are in this season. And it, it, it feels like almost the season's over. An era is over. I've spent a lot of time defending Doug Peterson, Carson Wentz, and just you know, the shit we saw in that Browns game is just indefensible. I mean, yeah, the, the defense probably played a pretty decent game on the road. All things considered, got some turnovers, got some stops, didn't let up a ton of points. Uh, what, what did they let up? Like, you know, nine points was on the uh, offense. They let up 13 points on the road. Uh, and they, and they created a fumble that created one of the only early scoring opportunities for the Eagles. So I just don't know how Carson Wentz goes from a guy where watching him just, I'm amazed constantly by play after play. And and you're just think salivating as a fan going, we found him. We found the guy. We found the guy we thought McNabb might've been. We found a franchise quarterback that will one day see us into the hall of fame, multiple super bowls in play. Yeah, sure. He has some injuries, but once he gets healthy, once he gets right, we're going to get things on track and it's just not there it just isn't i'm out on i'm out on it all right now it's it's hard to be in on anything rob can it get any worse uh no uh i I gotta go on a little rant here i I just like you know my mind's been racking all week how it could possibly be this bad and you know uh, to me this all comes back to doug carson is horrible But when I watch the coaching that's transpired this season, I mean, I've never seen anything like it. I venture to say that this is worse than Chip Kelly's last season, quite honestly, so far. Um, I mean, let's just let's just look at a few things from last game. Um, One, we know Wentz is absolutely struggling. He's terrible right now. He's leading the league in like sacks, interceptions and fumbles, I think, which is just mind-blowing in and of itself uh to talk about an awful stat so you know you have that going in there and then we have our our turnstile line and you know the first thing that that infuriates me is why is jason peters on the field he can't i mean seriously did anyone see him last week he gave up that safety 
Um, I mean, Wentz shouldn't have been holding it that long, but it is so clear the guy should not be out there. Look, he's a Hall of Famer. He had a hell of a career. I got a lot of respect for him, but the game has passed him by. It's time to put my Lada in. He was having a good run. He has to be the starter. And then when I listen to Doug's press conference this week and he says, Jason Peters is our left tackle. I mean, come on, like Doug, you're, you must be seeing film. You're, you're not like, I mean, this can't be, I don't know if he is Rob. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess Jason Peters hasn't told him he wants to sit yet, but uh, the whole thing's ridiculous. Uh, you know, the second thing, why is Alshon even in the game? I, yeah. I know that interception. Alshon and Jason Peters. Why? It'd be one thing if they were like clearly better than the young guys, but we're possibly by all likelihood in a blow it up rebuilding year. Why not? If it's close, give it to the young guys. What? Neither of these guys are going to be on the team next year. What the fuck are they doing? Makes zero sense. And and it leads me to believe maybe Doug literally has no control over yeah. who plays. Maybe yeah. this is all Howie. I, I don't know. Can he really be that dumb to not see any of this? But then, you know, the last thing is, the offensive play calling is the worst play calling I've ever seen. Again, we went the whole game and called one design rollout for Wentz. It's literally the only thing he can do relatively competently right now is throw on the run. So what does Doug do? He calls one play the whole <laughs> game. I mean, seriously. And then afterwards he says, yeah, I guess that's on me to call some more. Like really Doug, what are you doing? What are you doing all week? It just makes no sense. He has had the worst coaching season. If he had not won a Super Bowl three years ago, this wouldn't even be a question if he would be fired at the end of the year. That is the only thing that may save him. And his refusal now to bench Wentz, it, it, it's, it's a terrible sign to the rest of the team because it's showing them that no one's accountable, basically. There's no accountability for poor play. And if if you think that Hertz is going to be that much worse than Wentz is right now, then how do you justify using a second round pick on him? I mean, it, it, it goes right to that. Nothing makes sense. I've never seen a worse coaching performance. Doug needs to have a hard look at himself in the mirror. <laughs> and Howie and or Jeff Laurie need to sit him down and say, Doug, like this isn't working. You need to give up play calling. That's your only hope to try to turn this around because clearly you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, it's weird. We always look at other franchises, in particular the Cowboys with Jerry Jones being a meddling owner and, and involved in all the player transaction and, and who plays and what contracts they get. And that, that impacts who's on the field. And we've always made fun of them as an organization. But is there something else going on here? I'm racking my brain because we it's plain as day Jason Peters can't block anyone it's plain as day Alshon Jeffrey can't can't run around or catch a goddamn ball so why are those guys out there it, it would only be because they're getting paid or they're veterans or they have a connection with the owner or the general manager I, I mean maybe Doug is that dumb it's certainly a possibility but the more things have happened and we saw we started seeing the little ebbs of it we started seeing it when you know, he said uh, when Doug said Mike Grow was going to be back and, uh, you know, Carson Walsh, and then they got burned the next day and got fired. Maybe Doug really doesn't have that much control over this team. And he's a puppet for the Howie Roseman, Jeffrey Lurie regime. It, I, I'm surprised to see this happening. 
you know, Lori in particular seemed pretty hands off, but maybe, maybe Roseman is the puppet master and behind all this and, and impacting the playing time. It's really hard to know what's going on behind the scenes, whatever it is. It's not good. Justin, what's your biggest gripe right now? Well, I mean, you guys kind of hit the nail on the head. I mean, uh, <laughs> I can't really see it getting much worse. I mean, biggest gripe. I mean, uh, Doug's play calling, uh, pretty much like what Rob pointed out earlier. I mean, Carson's issues as well with the turnovers, obviously, and the poor quarterback play. Um, and, you know, Peter's being a shell of himself and continuing to play him. So, I don't know. There's not really much for me to pick out of everything you guys already said uh, or to gripe about because you, you pretty much hit everything. Um there's nothing much else. I mean, the, the only thing I could say is uh, one way it can get better is to get Doug out of there. And I hope we do it sooner rather than later. Um, the, the one thing I am hoping for still is that maybe we can somehow, you know, make the playoffs and possibly make a run. But if that happens, then that means Doug has a greater chance of staying. So, you know, it's kind of like, a, uh, man, you're in a, you're in a tough situation there because, Really, I think we got to move on from Doug as, as quick as possible if we hope to see um, some future success. But. Well, well, Justin, and to that point, is there a scenario where Doug can save himself with you, the diehard Eagles fan? What would have to happen? The odds are stacked against him, but he's, he's, he's gone on runs before. This team has gone on runs before. <sighs> They've been five and seven going into December and won four in a row and won the division. But what would have to happen where you would even – consider not calling for Doug's head. At the I mean, we'd have to at least win the NFC championship game, make the wow. Super Bowl. I mean, that would be it. Honestly, other than that. Yeah. I mean, I he's mean, just gone downhill the last three years. It's progressively gotten worse. It really has. And oh. I think maybe there's a world if they won two playoff games, I could talk myself into it, but it's well, so you're a Doug apologist though. So <laughs> yeah, you would have, well, I, I, I'm trying to kill Doug. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I've certainly been a Doug apologist over the years and, and a Wentz apologist. I mean, he did get us our only Super Bowl, so I'd like to kind of stick things out, you know, go to the dance with the girl that brought you there or whatever the fucking expression is. Robbie, uh, w we have a friend who uh, constantly uh, texts us and <laughs> says, I told you so, I told you Wentz sucked. And we had, we had been battling with this friend for a number of years sticking up for Wentz, defending Wentz, and slowly mm. our, our ammo to defend Wentz is just, you know, I'm looking around to grab a gun to shoot back with, and I'm, I'm drawing blanks. I got nothing. <laughs> and yeah, I think it's very easy to say every player on the Eagles sucks and the team sucks, but really is there a, is there like looking back in hindsight, is there something the Eagles should have done or could have done to me. I don't know if there's anything that obvious. I think they made the right choice, even still choosing Wentz over Foles. I think they made the right choice, you know, bringing Wentz back. And, and I think signing the deal when they did, I think was the right choice. I mean, he's, he's on the hook for a decent chunk of change next year, but I do think that contract is still tradable, especially if you consider uh, the Colts will probably need a corner uh, quarterback and, and Frank Wright could definitely talk himself into, into fixing Wentz. And I'm sure there's a plenty of, of OCs and, and head coaches who could talk themselves into the idea of fixing Carson Wentz, getting him back to where he needs to be. But in hindsight, Rob, is there something we missed or, or something they should have done? full hindsight to me. I, I don't know what they could have done. Like, I think you have to ride Wentz out. I think you have to 
let him play things out. I mean, I'd also be obviously be fine with starting Hertz this week, but like up until this point where we're at right now, what could they have done differently? Now I, I, I'm with you, Sean. I look back on it and obviously hindsight's 2020. And if you're sitting here now, would you give them the deal knowing what you know now? Clearly no. Um, But you know, you got to look at the landscape. He came in as a rookie. He had a decent rookie year, you know, showed some flashes and then 217, he really just looked like the MVP of the year of the league, Um, you know, was a big part of that Super Bowl run. And then the last two years, he's had some ups and downs, but he still showed those flashes. He had some injury problems. And, you know, I I can't fault the move to lock him up early because at the end of the day, it is a, you know, assuming if you would have assumed he was going to continue to be good, it is a relatively team-friendly contract compared to what some of these other guys are getting because, you see the risk if you don't sign these guys, you end up in a Dak Prescott situation where, you know, basically he has so much leverage over the team now. I mean, he, yeah. he's, you know, they're going to have to eat, keep franchising him. Then he's going to get like a Kirk Cousins type deal, fully guaranteed for a couple of years. So I, I can't fault it. Clearly, I wish we didn't do it now, but it's hard for me to say it was the wrong move at the time. And, and I still believe that a large part of his regression is the coaching. There's a lot on him, but a lot of it is the coaching. Yeah. And it's one of those things when I'm saying the coaching and the coaches aren't helping him enough. I don't mean that as an excuse for Wentz. Like he he needs to take responsibility for how shitty his play has been, but also like, you know, the team's completely falling apart and and Doug P is the guy in charge of everything. It, It has to be on Doug P a little bit there. Uh, Justin, you early on the season were throwing out, you would trade Wentz for two number one picks. Obviously we wouldn't get that, but you threw this hypothetical out in the uh, group text that I think was worth mentioning. Would you trade Carson Wentz for Matt Stafford? How would you, uh, what would you do right now? Gun to your head. If the trade deadline was mere, was somehow extended, would you trade Wentz for Stafford straight up right now? Well, yeah, I was, I was kind of thinking about what team could we possibly, you know, trade with still with Wentz and possibly get something out of him. Um, I mean, I don't know. Lions can be stupid at times. I don't know why they would do this, honestly, but uh, I would do it. I mean, just looking at Stafford and Wentz, I know you're getting rid of Wentz at a young age and maybe he still has some upside potential long-term. Don't get me wrong, but if he doesn't, you still got four years on this contract, right? And next year he's making just about 35 million. Uh, towards the cap Stafford has 35 million towards the cap next season but then if you take Stafford you only got two years with him left he's 32 right now Um, and then maybe you could start a little bit of a rebuild after Stafford so I'd make the the trade I mean he's not a Stafford's not a proven winner and I would argue him like Wentz rely a lot on their talent I don't know how much they actually put extra hours into you know, the tape room and actually trying to work one-on-one with the receivers and things like that. But um, Stafford definitely has the talent. Everybody's always talked about the fact that he hasn't had confident coaching though, which has uh, hasn't allowed him to possibly thrive coming here. If Doug's still here, it's pointless. I would say if we could get somebody who Stafford could work with, it would certainly be helpful. Uh, but I think I would make that trade. Uh, we're dealing with Wentz on four years of an unknown at this point. Right. We don't know if we can bring him back to 2017 Wentz. And uh, I think a lot of people would argue that you can't at this point. Who knows? And I don't know if he's willing. My biggest concern with Wentz is 
I don't think he's willing to put in the time in order to pick, become better at this point. He's got the wife, he's got the kid, he's got the hunting show. I don't know where his, you know, really you know, where's work you, ethic if, lies. If you looked at just a graph, as soon as he got laid uh, from his marriage, most <laughs> likely for the first time because he's super religious and God bless it, but it is a precipitous decline ever since that moment. So you know, maybe he lost the eye of the tiger. We need to go back to Virgin Wentz. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I would probably not trade for Stafford, not because I wouldn't want to unload Wentz, but I, I think at this point, if you're trading Wentz, you're trying to get picks back, see what you got in Jalen Hurts, even though I hate the pick and I don't think mm. he's the quarterback of the future. And I would just go for picks, leave it open, leave it open-ended because that's how a lot of these teams compete. When you have the, uh, you find that rookie that is pretty solid at the quarterback position and you have that rookie quarterback contract that you can do some damage and, and give some players around him. So I would, I would hold out for some picks there. Robbie, what are you, what are you doing there? You taking the, uh, you taking the Stafford deal? First of all, I, I'm with Justin. It's all pointless um unless Doug's gone I mean yeah you can bring anyone in this offense I'm not convinced anyone's doing anything special here uh you know I don't know that Patrick Mahomes is doing anything special in this offense I mean you, you can only do so much with the plays that we're running the sit down pass plays and yeah. uh so it's infuriating <laughs> I mean look I, I don't know at the end of the day that Matt Stafford helps this team long term um you know, maybe Justin's right. It buys us two years to figure out what's next. So maybe you consider it. I'd, I'd, if it came to that, I'd be just as inclined to just try to trade, trade Wentz for picks straight up, roll with whoever you can for a year or two and just try to rebuild the team, quite honestly. Yeah. All right. I, I can't deal with this, uh, the season long, all the, <laughs> where we're at as a team. Let's just, uh, let's just talk about the Seahawks game. A, a key matchup, hypothetically, if they did have a chance at winning this game, what is a matchup you got to see on the defensive side of the ball? For me, it's containing Russell Wilson running the ball. You, you've seen Danger Russ and, you know, Russell Wilson in general. Like, really, if he doesn't run for a couple first downs and you get some pressure, I, I mean, he's really tough to stop. But if you let him beat you with his legs, He's damn near impossible. So I, for me, it's guys like Alex Singleton, who's, who's been a nice little surprise to whatever degree at the linebacker position, a guy like Alex Singleton coming up and, and helping contain Russell Wilson and his legs on the offensive side of the ball. That's what they, I want to see on the defensive side, Justin, what do we got to see from the defense or a defensive player, a matchup they got to win? I mean, I'm looking at slay against Mexico. Um, and even, you know, then, then if he can, you know, do a little bit of coverage there, then you also got to worry about Mills and probably unlock it as well. So um, I know he was supposed to pick one, but I mean, Metcalf, I think is the guy you got to shut down in order for us to have a chance. Yeah. Metcalf is such a beast. So if we could stop DK Metcalf, that is tough, but maybe Darius Slay can do that and, and slow him down a bit. Robbie, what's a, uh, what's a match if we got to win come Monday? You, you two hit the nail on the head. It, it, it's the tandem of, of keeping Russell contained and, and Metcalf. We can't, uh, you can't give them the easy 80 yard bomb, 60 yard bomb, whatever it is. And, and, you know, I think those tend to happen when Russell gets out of the pocket and starts to get on the move. So that's really it. I mean, look, I don't have high hopes uh, to stop them, but 
you know, let's at least make them work for it and, and not give that give them the long plays. Oh, did we want to uh, point out Mills's coverage last game by any chance? Or did, <laughs> you did, you did nail that as that. the uh, as the player Jesus. you predicted to blow it. Uh, for me on the offensive side of the ball, I think it has to be Miles Sanders. And of course, the one bright spot fumbles right near the goal line after a nice drive to get the game going in, in Cleveland. And again, none of that was Wentz's fault. None of that was Peterson's fault. But you know, eventually they deserve, they kind of get sucked into the blame when the team is just falling apart. And I guess some of it is Peterson to some degree, whatever the coaching, but to me, Miles Sanders has to have uh, a couple big, huge plays. I mean, he's had some 70 plus yard runs that have really swung the game for us. He seems like the only guy that can really create plays for himself. And with Carson struggling and the passing game struggling, it almost needs to be a guy like Sanders putting the team on his back and, and getting an 80 yard run to give them uh, a boost there. What about you, Justin? That, first of all, Sean, that's very presumptuous that you're <laughs> assuming uh, Doug's going to even give him the ball, but uh, go, <laughs> go ahead. They, Justin. they do. They do like the running back by committee. What the fuck? <laughs> Sean, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, I couldn't, I wanted to say Carson, but I mean, he's just, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's like you can't count on him, so it doesn't really matter what's going to happen with him. In this case, I'd have to go Miles as well. I mean, if he can break off a few yards, maybe get through that defensive line, get it, uh, you know, average six yards a carry. But uh, once again, going back to what Rob pointed out, I mean, even if he is obviously averaging six yards a carry like he was at one point last game, is he going to get the ball that much more? Probably not. So whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, that's a fair oh, analysis. So Robbie, so, uh, offensive player, needs to step up uh, for us to win. Uh, I think you guys uh, both <laughs> missed the obvious choice. Um, there's only one player on this team that Seattle's really fearful for. Um, it, it's the guy that uh, we actually passed up DK Metcalf uh, to take uh, <laughs> JJ Whiteside. Uh, you know, I think they're just scared, scared of him. And, and he's really just going to come to perform this week, assuming he's on the active game day route <laughs> roster, which is 50, 50, I guess. That is, that is a feather in Howie's cap. JJ Arcega Whiteside, a healthy scratch coming into the matchup against DK Metcalf. All right. Uh, I don't even one player. We think we're, that's going to blow it. Man, so many to choose from. I'll go with Avante Maddox. Uh, last week it was Mills, but the you know the other secondary guys besides Darius Slay have struggled tremendously. So I think Avante Maddox could get picked apart by a danger Russ here. Rob, who 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 is going to blow this game for the Eagles? Doug Peterson, um, not, <laughs> a, not, player, not a player, just but just as impactful. Uh, look, I, I think we're going to see this week if this turns into a blowout, you're going to see that the teams quit. I mean, it's going to be a telling game, a tough game, uh, you know, against the Seahawks night game. If this team doesn't come to play, the season's done. I mean, you can just tell Doug's losing the confidence. He's losing the locker room. So if they don't respond this week, you know, that's it. So Doug better hope he has the game plan of his life ready to go. Justin, who's going to blow this? Oh, come on. Uh, he already blew basically part of last game. Uh, Jason Peters. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. I think he's just going to get blown up. I think Dunlap's on his side too. So uh, I don't see him doing much. I think he's, he's certainly going to blow it for us like he has in the past this season. Uh, that was my go-to for that. All right. Great, great call there. So many to choose from again, a final score prediction. I'm saying Seattle 31 
Eagles 17. Uh, Seattle covers the number. It's currently minus five over at mybookie.ag. Promo code SGP. Total uh, goes under, though. I, I think it's like at 51. I, I just don't see how the Eagles can score enough to hit the over here. Rob, what's the final score for this Eagles team? I got a 31-10. Game's not going to be close. <laughs> uh, I, I just, you know, every week I keep hoping this is the one where we put yeah. it all together, and I'm just done hoping that. It, it, until this team shows me otherwise, I just can't in good faith, uh, you know, pick them to have a good game. So 31-10 Seattle. Justin? I went uh, 32-16 Seattle. I mean, Ooh, I just I like it. Interesting it score solution or score thrown out there. 32-16. Well, I mean, the 16 makes sense. A couple field goals or, you know, Doug just going for those uh, <laughs> random two-point conversions. Some random quick, two-point conversions. <laughs> quick bonus question for both of you. How many turnovers will once have this week? Ooh. I feel like two is his average. I'm going to say two. Man, I hate talking like this. I want to <laughs> I want to root for my birds. No, I know, oh, but it, gun we're, to trying head, to, we're trying to punish them into playing well, Justin gun to head. I'd say, I'd say uh, two. Yeah. I guess we can't really boo them this year at the stadium. So this is, our, <laughs> this is our that booing. was, that was a rare bright spot for the Eagles team is no, is now the 7,500 fans that were allowed in Lincoln financial <laughs> are not allowed. So uh rare, rare break for them Monday night. So there will be no boo birds. Hopefully the Eagles pull it out. There's a world where they get this win and get some momentum and go on a run and win it all because they under Doug Peterson, they do play their best when they're dogs. And certainly everyone is counting them out, including us, but hungry dogs run faster and hopefully some hungry dogs show up Monday night for the diehard Eagles podcast. I'm Sean stacking the money green for Justin, for Rob go birds. 